and welcome to the Locals Only Bra Podcast, brought to you by Sound of Hope Recordings, where you bring the music, we'll bring the hope. What's up, guys? Today, my guest is a Mr. Tyler Tate from the band Holofront. Tyler is the front man. This was such a fun conversation. I absolutely loved it. Tyler's a good, funny guy. Holofront is making some really good music. Um, if you haven't heard of them, you guys are definitely missing out. This is a really fun episode. Stay tuned to the end to hear a hollow front song. Really good. Um, if you like them, make sure you go give them a follow, drop them a like, do all that social media stuff for them. Without any further ado, here we go. So we have Tyler Tate with us today from hollow front. How are you doing, dude? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Doing good. What's your role in hollow front? I'm a vocalist. I do the vocals. You you do the yelly yells. I do the yeah. I do the screamo. <laughs> screamo so, part. Real quick on screamo. Do you kind of get like agitated if you hear someone say that? Like just like it's not fucking screamo, mom. Nah. I mean, maybe like ten years ago, but I'm a little, I'm a little past that. You yeah, can, no, you, I, I feel that. You kind of just understand that there's those people out there that that are always gonna call it screamo they just don't understand yeah my mom used to call it rah 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 <laughs> my mom would always give me like that cliche thing if you want someone to scream at you i can do it for free <laughs> <laughs> so what would you classify hollow front as like are you guys more i don't know metalcore post hardcore any other oh. weird subgenre? Primarily metalcore, but we kind of dip into other genres just because we like those genres or we like the, I guess, the the techniques of those genres. And how long have you guys been around for? I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm trying to think on how I even friended you. I think it might have been like one of those random pop-ups like, oh, you're friends with freaking so-and-so. Maybe this person will be your friend. I was like, oh, shit, he's holding a mic. Yeah, we can share music together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's how you can tell someone's in a band. That's like their, their only picture, their profile yeah, like the picture. Only their onstage pictures are the only ones they ever post. Yeah. Those are my good ones. Cause I'm holding a mic in front of my face. So no one can see the rest of what's going on. Just, just, just my eyes, just the eyes and the mic. Cause no one needs to see the weird facial contortions like people <laughs> make when they scream. Just like, hey. um, what was the question again? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Fuck. I forgot. Um, how long has Hollow Front been around? Oh, okay. Yeah, we've been a band for like two and a half years. Um, we started in... Technically, we began in July of 2016. And then like we put out music September of 2016. Put out our first single. For you personally, how did you get into music? Um, when did it all start? I mean, from the uterus up until now. How, how did you get here? Well, my dad was always in bands... Um, so that was kind of where it started. I would go to his like practices. He was in like a cover band, like a, like a bar band that they played bars and, but I would always go to like the practices and like listen to, cause I'd like all the songs they played, you know, it was, I don't know, early 2000s. So it was like, you know, Lincoln park, like disturbed and stained and like those bit. Yeah. Like. Definitely back in there, you know, when you're 10, you're like, you don't have any musical taste yet. Yeah, you're, you're still <laughs> learning from your parents on your music taste. Um, but yeah, like I would go to the practices and then I would start, I would start doing some songs, like singing songs. And I was like, I want to do this. 
And then I got like big into Slipknot and Corey Taylor was like the the dude. Like I wanted to be him. I was like, I want to be that guy. So that's where it kind of started. And then I never like knew any musicians till I got to high school. Then I met some met some kids that were playing. Um, you know, kind of like I would guess I would consider it like more like it, at the time we called it emo core. So like post hardcore type of thing, like Undero, Silverstein type of jazz, right? Right, right, right. A little more emo than that, but yeah. Um, it, it was 2005. Like everything had a core behind it, you know, like yeah. grindcore, spazcore. Freaking was um, it porno grindcore? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, then uh, got into a band and um, been doing it on and off um, for 15 years. Hollow Front is my 12th band. So you say you've been doing this for f- about 15 years. You said high school 2005. Mm-hmm. So how old are you? Because like just seeing you, I would say, you know, like I would say we were the same age, 23. Maybe you were 24, if I would guess. <laughs> oh, you're very, I'm 28. Damn, dude, you look young as fuck even with the beard. Thanks. Thank you, dude. Thank you. I'm hoping to hold on to something, you know, something <laughs> for a while. Yeah, no, I like I was I was trying to piece this together when you were saying I was like, fuck, he said high school at 2005. Was was I? I don't even think I was in middle school. I was probably still in elementary. <laughs> yeah, I was like a freshman in 20, 2005. So, yeah, that's it. it and I'm most of the, I'm the oldest uh, member of the band. So everyone else is super young. Like, well, Brandon is our bass player. and He's 26. So he's like the closest in age. Then you got Dakota, who's the guitar player. He's 23 and then our new drummer Devin he's uh he's 19 so Damn, so you guys are just like a spectrum of ages going down right yeah that's pretty cool because I, I feel like that way everyone brings something different to the table because in those time frames everyone yeah you had those same bands that everyone listened to slipknot um Kill disturbed Switch. like just like the big ones everyone always listened to but oh, then yeah, like the they all had their own little niches in what was popular at the time for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, we all pretty much have the same musical taste, like even like down to like like 90s music. And like um, our drummer was like in, co- in a cover band when he was like nine playing drums. So he was like, Jeez. so like he likes all that kind of music, too. But I'm like the dad. And I listened. I strictly on tour pretty much when I'm driving. I listen to like um 90s and early 2000s rock <laughs> so i don't listen to a lot of metal. i'll take you on <laughs> you are 100 percent correct i would oh, i jam shit, that that's great it's on the playlist <laughs> so you mentioned tour uh, where have you guys toured to or toured at I, I don't know what the proper way to say that would be well we just actually started venturing out in the end of 2018 um, after our last EP still life came out, um, we toured like the East coast. We went, um, oh, all the way down to Florida from Michigan and back up. Uh, so we hit like, um, Kentucky and Indiana and unfortunately West Virginia. And, <laughs> um, sorry for anybody from West Virginia, if you're listening to this. And there goes like all of the West Virginia viewerships just, <laughs> <laughs> well, I apologize, but. Worst show I've ever played. Um, when we went to like Georgia, played a couple shows in Florida, then North Carolina, 
and yeah, I mean, it was like a show. It was like twelve days. That's and not then we, bad. We've done some like regional like weekenders where it's like you know we go for four days. Like we did uh, Chicago, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, um, some other place in Illinois, and then someplace in Michigan, like in October. And then last month we did like a small run, which was like Michigan, Ohio, uh, with Milwaukee. So we're 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 still like we're still not touring consistently, but we're getting to the point. Yeah, you guys are doing like the regional ones, getting your toes wet getting a feel for life on the road so you when that time comes it's not gonna be a, a whole shell shock thing you guys are gonna be prepared which is really good right um we, you know it's 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 a grind for sure um being on the road is is you know two parts it's one part fun and exciting it's second part boring as shit <laughs> yeah because I, I assume you guys are in a van right van yeah, with a trailer a, we have a van and a trailer and we like uh gut it out the back and like put bunks in it yeah see like i feel like that would drive me fucking crazy dude just being in this small confined thing at like a metal box that's all the vehicle is so being confined in a metal box driving around the country fucking okay th- oh there's another tumbleweed oh look at that there's a cloud <laughs> but i mean playing shows that'd be worth it some there's sometimes when you're when you're driving and you're driving like to the mountains or something it's like wow this is this is why we do this. This is awesome. And then you're like in Ohio for seven hours and it's just flat and gross. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I hate this state. I want to get out of the car. So I would assume, is that your least favorite part towards the driving and dull scenery? Uh, I would say that it's it's a part of it. Um, probably the It probably is the worst part being stuck in like a car for like 13 hours driving or but luckily we have the sleeping situation like where we can lay down in our bunks and we each have our own like little space and that makes it like a hundred times easier, you know, cause I'm, I'm a person that like, I'm, I'm a people person, but I'm also like at a, get to a point where I'm like, man, I just need to like get the fuck away from these people. <laughs> <laughs> where am I going to go? She only have this little four by two space. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I have a TV under there, and um, so like I bring my PlayStation and watch movies. I think I I think I spent more money on movies at Walmart on our tour than I did on food. <laughs> I was just buying like three dollar DVDs. Oh shit, that's awesome. So if that's some of the worst ones besides shows, what would you say is one of the best parts of touring? Oh, besides, I would say. I would say getting to meet the internet friends that I've that I've come to, you know, call friends over the internet, but don't get to meet them until I come to their city playing a show or their band gets to play with us. Um, like there's this band from Georgia that I'm huge. I'm a big, big. Fr- wow. I can't say words. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, I'm friends with their vocalist. I met him over the internet. His name's Taylor, and their band's called. Now they've changed their name. It's called Left to Suffer. Is their band? They're from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And before they were called um, Lost at Last or something like that. And they, you know, I met him over the internet, and I was like, "Hey, we're touring, man. Like, let's try to get you on the show, and like that'd be dope." And like he got on the show, and like we got there early, and we all hung out, and like you know, and that's just building those, you know, you're building friendships, even though it, you're 
a thousand miles away from each other. You're building friendships that way. Dude, I totally feel that. I mean, instance, this podcast, you're fucking in Michigan. I'm in New Mexico and we're able to make this happen. Like the internet's the coolest thing on the planet. It's the worst thing, but the best thing. Oh man. You, yeah, I mean, you are correct. Cause sometimes social media is the most toxic. Oh just, dude. Oh. Social media is literally the worst thing ever. How did you get into doing vocals? So, cause we were talking about it. You started in high school, but in those high school bands, were you doing vocals right off the bat? Were you doing guitar, drums? What, what's the story there? Vocals right off the bat because I have no other talent and really, I, did, <laughs> I, I didn't have any talent then either. I sucked really bad. There's hope kids. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I got it. It was just like, I don't know, like my friends had a band and like one day we were just chilling and I, I was, we were listening to like Asley dying or something. And I had just discovered metalcore like that month or a couple months before. And <laughs> like, I'm just like, I just, scr- I just did a scream and the dude was like, that was pretty good. And I'm like, really? I was like, Cause that's what I want to do. Like Cor- <laughs> going back to the Corey Taylor was my idol. I had a friend in, in middle school, and he's like, "Cause we we don't we were like we're gonna start like a Slipknot tribute band. I'm Corey Taylor. Like I I wanted the mask and I wanted to like everything. I was just like a little eleven year old. Like I just was obsessed. The most and, metal edgy eleven year old you can think of. Yeah, and that was hot, Tyler. Bought all my clothes at Hot Topic. I mean, you still don't do that. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they. They've uh, other stores have conformed to my black clothes, so very true. Um, but yeah, no, like he's you know, I wanted to be Corey Taylor, and I was like, my friend's like, well, you're never gonna scream like Corey Taylor can scream. I was like, well, fuck you, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, sh- I'm sure gonna try. And then oh, that was a couple years later that I did this, did this, the scream that started it all, where they're like, that was really good. You should like come jam with us. And it's like, then I went and jammed, and I could kind of sing. <laughs> I can I can kind of sing. As long so, as you can carry a tune, that's all that counts. Yeah, so it was we were like a screaming. It was like it was kind of a it was like a metalcore with like a treyu with like um with some underoath and it was just like oh, wow, this is this is a really <laughs> um shitty band. <laughs> it's a really shitty band uh trying to be good. But you know, we were 14, 15 and I was we were just having a good time. Um Without all that experience, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I've been in 12 bands, so like in all different kinds of metal genres. Each band has taught me something. And Holofront was just like the culmination of all that, where it's like everything finally came together. And, you know, where I want, where I was at in that point in my life, you know, versus you know 10 years before that you know yeah with screaming when you when you first started did you find it weird to do because personally for me like the band that got me to start screaming was a day to remember and i was trying to match you know jeremy mckinnon's i I don't know if he actually did false chords or not but i I try to match his false chord like deep ones from uh for those who have heart it it felt really weird for me starting it because i didn't know what the hell i was doing I, i didn't have melissa cross's zen of screaming yet so I'm wondering, did you have like that same weird like what why how do I do this? How am I making this noise? Um honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. Um sometimes I still feel that way. I feel like I'm still um you know, trying to like figure out the techniques, but it was it wasn't weird. It was just not 
good. I, I, I guess it, it's a long time ago, too, so it's hard to really remember, like, exactly the way that I felt. But I remember, like, I only had one screen at the time. Um, it was, like, a mid, mid-range, like, Azalea dying, you know, just one tone that dude only, you know, yeah. Um, and then I remember the first day I did a high scream, and I was like, oh, dang. I was <laughs> I was like that. I was like that was good. Couldn't do it again for like months. Like it, and I just, didn't. I was like, oh no, it left. I was like, it was so high and awesome. <laughs> and as I listened to more bands, like you know, at that time, Suicide Silence was starting to really pop up, and um, other there's some other like Chopper Cowboy and stuff like that. Damn, that's um, a name I haven't heard in a while. So I, that's when I started doing pig squeals. <laughs> bree, bree, motherfucker. I'm, I'm so glad that was a dead trend real quick um there's somewhere out there a recording of me doing them and i'm i don't have a copy so that sucks but i'm happy at the same time because it was so bad so what you're telling me hollow front's new single is gonna have some pig schools in it right <laughs> i can't even do I'm, I'm not even that talented anymore i can't do them you guys recorded many times already how's your experience been in the studio what do you like most about being in the studio what do you dislike most about being in the studio i love the studio um really like over the years like most of my bands never recorded they never put out music and i didn't really start doing a studio thing until after 2010 and um this is my actually first like real like studio experience um with hollow front the last couple records um and i love it i think it's 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 a love hate thing because it's like you love you know making music and but at the same time it's stressful um i love hanging out with my friends like we do a lot of like like we've been there recording new stuff um this was our third week and i just got home today um, but we just like hang out, play video games, write music. Cause we've been writing everything in the studio this time. And, um, and we play foosball. I'm either really good at that or really awful, you know, and I, I enjoy creating, um, with other people that are as competent or more competent than I am. Um, usually more competent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Lee, Lee's our producer, Lee Albrecht, and he is, um, he is probably, you know, one of the closest musical friends that I have. Um, I, we were talking about it the other day. He's like, how many songs do you think we've done together? Well, we did Homewrecker. That was five. Then we did Still Life. That was six. And then we did some covers. We did a Thy Art is Murder cover, uh, Fit for a King cover, and a unreleased bring me the horizon cover which is annoying but but we were uh, he's the probably the most the person i've worked with and wrote songs with the most <laughs> um he's an awesome dude and he does like amazing and he's just he's a smart dude um but i hope he never hears this because i don't ever want to hear him be like you said i was smart on the on the podcast never hear the end of it he'll just get this huge ego now you just gotta tear him down just, just one notch well his ass stinks. Well, damn, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's one of those dudes that are just annoyingly good at everything. And it's just like, God, I fucking hate you. Can you just be like shitty at one thing, please? Yeah, he's he hasn't found it yet. With the studio, do you ever find it annoying like where you have to keep doing the same take over and over vocally? Because 
I mean, I know for me, when I do vocals, I'm like, shit, I, I, I know I can do better, but like after five takes, I'm just like, fuck, like this is kind of pissing me off now. I don't want to toot my own horn here, but uh, usually it don't take that long. Like um, there's some, usually it's when we get into like the singing and stuff, um, you know, trying to hit the melody that, cause we are just writing it right there on the spot. Like a lot of the stuff is, it's difficult and I mess up because I've written the lyrics like the day before. So the patterns aren't like, locked into my head i don't have like the flow correct you know versus you know paper versus actually yelling it you know yeah it's totally different so like figuring out where to place breath like in parts so that i can actually hit them that's a big thing because i do i i guess technically by technical standards i am a uh false chord vocalist and i i I project more with air than i you know i use my i'm just like pushing out so much air so sometimes like getting like the longer takes is a bitch so we do it and do it and do it and if we can't then we just kind (laughs) of we kind of science it up a little bit you use the in-studio magic let's call it that let's call it the sauce this yeah the sauce um every vocalist does it don't ever let them tell you that they don't and if someone's like i did that all in one take it's probably really bad yeah if if any vocalist tells you that they don't do you know more than one take and have no doubles they're freaking lying ask to see the raw stems right yeah there's doubles and there's quads in the choruses and there's layers and there's layers and layers there's we have this one song where we have clean singing and screaming and then we have also like vocals with chains that have like uh, effects on them like um distortion and stuff so that the scream so there's just like 20 times the amount of like vocal chains that, that there are like the four or five instrumental vocal chains. So it's just <laughs> like, it's like, it's just running really slow because there's like 30 chains of vocals with effects on them. What mics do you like to record on? Like what mic have you found where you're like, wow, I like the way this makes my voice sound. Honestly, whatever he has, I don't care. <laughs> the one that I, the one that I'm using right now is audio Technica AT 2020. That's kind of like what I use in my home studio. It sounds pretty good. Um, AT2020s are a very good mic. Um, I, I had one for a while. I have an AT2035 now. I think I was just looking at it. Yeah, 2035. I love that thing. Yeah, we do for, the 4040 in the studio is what we use. Is what I've we've used on every hollow front song ever written. So I'm, I would say that one works pretty well. I mean, if, if it's not broken, don't change it, right? Right, right. And Lee's all about the, the technical and like... The, the, having the best equipment so if he you know if it wasn't up to his standards we wouldn't use it what's one of your most favorite like memorable moments for being in hollow front whether it be you know a home show some some drive on tour some out of town show i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's one but it's like it the fact of meeting and these are always great memories like meeting people out there that are like they obviously are in love with your band and you like there's parts you like why like <laughs> like i mean like i understand like people love the music and i i love the music which is i think why i think why it's connected with the um you know when it's still small we're still small but um the the audience that we've connected with are just you know feeling you know depression and and like these people will come to me at shows and we'll have like 25 minute discussions about you know what they were going through or, you know, when we talk about what I went through, which is how, you know, Holofront started because of an event, you know, that happened in my life. I got divorced at 25. 
So that that really like catapulted the the emotional um, distress behind like my lyrics and um, just being putting real on the paper instead of you know trying to come up with like the cool oh I'm gonna have a concept album with um, robots and they're fighting aliens. And... <laughs> so I think like meeting people at shows like that. I like we went we played in Milwaukee and this guy like cried like he and it's awkward because I don't sometimes you don't know how to handle those situations yeah because you're, you're just kind of like I well I, you know I wrote the song and it's like I'm still you know I'm uh, it's not like it's I don't think it's changed anybody's life I, you know when someone says your music changed my life I'm like no you know like I, maybe my music helped you in time but you can, you know you you did it like um and meeting people like the dude was like crying on my shoulder and it's like, it's like, wow, this is really power. Like it, it was powerful, you know, like it was and like, we've been getting that a lot, like in the past, I don't know, six months or something since still life came out. Um, yeah, those are probably, that's probably, I mean, everything else is relative. It's, you know, you're playing shows and we played a bunch of shows and, um, there's so many memories of like hanging out with our, you know, your friends and stuff, but, it's those are all things that that are that usually happen in your life, you know. You have, but like it, that, like meeting people like that and talking and having like in depth conversations and like getting to know them, um, a little more personally than most people. You know, it's almost like therapy. Like people will, you know, they'll spill their guts out to me, and it's like that's really like that. It's humbling because it's like, who am I? Like, why, you know, why would you tell me this? Who would you know if you don't, you know? If you're not telling someone that you've known for 20 years or, you know, something like that. So that's a pretty, uh, that's, that's my, my great memories from hollow front. That's cool as hell, dude. Like something like that, like I can't even imagine, but it's just so cool to know, like, you know, something you're doing is impacting these people then actually having some sort of meaning to them. I mean, that has to be an amazing feeling. That's so cool. The fan base that we've built has been really, I mean, it's all organic. We don't, we, I, we barely pay for Facebook ads just because I hate using them. And, and, you know, and like, and we don't really promote, um, with money really. We never really have. Um, it's been a combination of luck getting in touch with the right people and, um, the right people like believing in us, I think is, is, you know, what's helped us gain the, the small following that we have currently but it's like a dedicated like these people they're they're awesome and they they'll they'll send us you know their stories they you know they'll um their instagram stories they'll put tag us in them daily and do vocal covers and piano we've had a piano cover of still life and damn that's cool as hell yeah and like tat we get uh, i think there's like six hourglass tattoos which is like the artwork on our still life album it's just like holy shit, <laughs> like holy shit, you got that permanently on your body. I think, and I was talking about this with a friend the other day. I think we're we're not trying because a lot of bands try to go for the quantity, the quantity of fans. Like they're like, we want twenty thousand likes and we want fifty thousand uh, Instagram followers. So we're just gonna go through and follow and unfollow all these people, and and hopefully they'll follow us back and we'll gain followers that way. We have not done any of that. We just the people that come genuinely love the music and like that makes it so much it's the quality of people and the quality of um, of your fan base i think is been really um surprising and um fulfilling and 
musical terms. First off, I want to say thank you for not doing that type of shit because to me that's so impersonal and it makes me not want to check out the band. Like, if I friend you or you friend me or whatever and I accept it, I don't want one minute later to get this fucking bullshit copy paste. Hey, thanks for liking or thanks for friending me. You should go check out my band at, you know, www localband.com like no right, right. fucking build a connection before you just throw that shit at someone like i don't know that that's me being i don't know pretentious or stuck up i i i agree with you um nobody should beg for um attention i guess nobody should beg to be liked i think it should be a natural thing and i think we've done uh decent job at doing it so far yeah, i definitely have from the sounds of it and everything and everything i've seen you guys are growing at a really good rate you're, you're getting out there people are knowing your name fingers crossed that this podcast reaches enough people that, that, who haven't heard of you be like holy shit this guy's cool as fuck i'm gonna check out his band i i hope so i'm sorry if you hate it <laughs> no. i'm not sorry <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait for new stuff man like we've been working our asses off in the studio for like the last month and it's just pulling together and it's like it's like all riding on this it's like fingers crossed it's like is this the first album that you guys wrote completely in the studio say yes the 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 kind of process that we're doing now is totally it's it's more like what big bands do um they'll they'll go and they'll stay at the studio you know i sleep i'm sleeping on the couch i've i've I told Lee he had like um, um, he had a custody of me, like uh, split custody. Like every other week I'm at home and the other week I'm at his house sleeping on his couch. Which way do you prefer? Do you do you prefer doing it that way or do you prefer, you know, writing it all outside the studio and then bringing the ideas to the studio? I think they both have their pros and cons. Um, I think that we were just kind of going for broke on this one. So we're just like, let's put these people in the room, you know, Lee's been Lee. Lee has uh, honestly been around longer than most of the other members because I'm the only original member. And um, so Lee was the producer on every single Hollow Front um, song. So like it's me and him, and we're like, you know, working with all the other bandmates with their new ideas, you know, because you know, different guitar player than on those previous records. Um, so working, it's us and then we, our new drummer who's really like um intuitive and writes pretty catchy drum rhythms that we then we'll go and we'll write guitars over or you know well, well there was a song and it might be our first single that we released off of it um some some someday and it was like we had like it was like a puzzle piece almost like we had this what we'd written like the base of what we were written we're like and eh, take that part out let's try something else there and then we spent stay up to like five in the morning one night just like nope throw that piece over there let's try something else until we finally like got the perfect and we like we nailed it you know it's like that is exactly what we wanted exactly what we needed and those other parts were cool they just didn't fit the song so i i, I think i like this way more um i i think i like this already more than still life or homewrecker i think this is the 
this this record's just gonna sound huge um very huge for a band that's basically still local level so what can people expect out of this record like sound wise i mean it's it's weird always like saying oh this is gonna sound like band xxx or whatever but it, it is a good reference for people to know oh shit like they're gonna they're aiming for this type of sound this is gonna be lit um so what kind of sound are you do you would you say that this record's leaning on still very hollow front we have like a we have like a almost like 50 50 where we'll do like melodic songs but then we'll also do like um super just dumb heavy um just because we like that you know pretty much every song on this record sounds different and that's on purpose because we want every song to be like fresh sounding you know we don't want every song to sound the same and i think that's something we've always strived for and we're like kicking it up on this on this record but yeah um more clean singing if anyone out there doesn't like that i'm sorry (laughs) um more i don't know like big orchestra sounding like parts like really like epic um yeah heavy still like um we have one song that we recorded in octave d which is like super low like just just kind of like we're just like if anybody's out there like oh they're just gonna do an album full of still life and they're never gonna do they're not gonna do heavy anymore it's like nope this song's the heaviest song we've ever written here you go yeah we're just trying you know we're just we're, I, I think the main thing is writing good songs is is our main goal it's not even about what genre is it gonna be what what is it gonna sound like um is it gonna have singing is it not gonna have singing we're just like let's write the best instrumental that we possibly can and then piece it together that way that's a good, pretty good mindset to have on that where are some places that you want to see hollow front tour to i mean are, are there some cities that you're like damn i i really just want to play i, I want to play over there just so i can see the scenery over there i want to be everywhere um i would say if i had to choose uh the the west coast so like um washington oregon um california i think that the uh, um would be dope just to like see the redwood or like um be in seattle or go to portland oregon and you know just yeah i think though that would if i had to choose but really everywhere like that's not an exaggeration i want to play everywhere with good bands um bigger bands what are some goals that you have set for yourself as a musician now in 2019 oh get on more tours put out a damn good record or at least have it finished that you know sometimes shit doesn't get to come out when you want it to um but i think definitely tour more um we're we're actually with artery global they're a booking agency but we're just waiting we're trying to find the right because we want to support on tours we don't want to headline tours or anything yet um our manager um ryan kirby from fit for a king um is really you know he's been a huge asset and like you know we've slowed down a little bit in the aspect of like hey let's get on the road and just play wherever shitty show where the promoters don't promote or nobody tries it's like you know try to get on the best the best the best planned tours that you possibly can even at a smaller level which is possible people just more tend to go the diy and then it like you know, spend three thousand dollars, you know, touring and making no money. Dude, that's cool as fuck that you have Ryan Kirby as your manager. <laughs> I I agree. It, it's it. at first I was kind of like, um, have you ever seen the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg? I don't think I've seen it now. Well, there's this part where he's like, he's like, 
he's like um, obsessed with this band and he's a vocalist and he gets a phone call from their guitar player who heard him singing and wanted him to be in the band. It's like he answered and he's like, uh, who's this? And he's like, oh, it's blah, blah from this band. He's like, fuck you and hangs up. I was like, Ryan Kirby did not just email us asking to manage us. I was like, somebody's like, there's got to be. Oh, that's fucking cool. He So he got in contact with you guys first? Yeah, yeah. Cold out of nowhere. We got an email from Ryan Kirby. And and it's not like he's some superstar, huge guy. You know, he's not like um, Chester Bennington. You know, if Chester Bennington before he would passed away had called me and said, hey, I'm going to be Hollowfront's manager, I would have fucking shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> or I would have passed out and just like had a seizure or something. Um, no, but it was it was cool. It's like, you know, I we obviously are fans of them. Like um, our early sounds were not not stolen from them, but definitely inspired by um their earlier albums and ryan's just a cool fucking dude man and he knows what he's doing so that's why i'm i'm putting i put a lot of trust in him you know i trust him whatever he says i'm gonna go with yeah i mean he's definitely seasoned fit for a king's been around for freaking years so and they're they're just getting bigger dude they're just yeah um, i mean they they have no signs of slowing down which is freaking awesome like we he got us backstage in their at their grand rapids michigan date because that's where we were from and we had like lunch together, met up. That was the first time I'd met him. And um, we're chilled and talked and talked about the band, talked about not the band, you know, just like, getting to know each other like normal people do in conversation. And then he's like, yeah, we'll see you tonight at the show. And then we show up and like, he's like, come on back. And like, we met all the members and uh, met Crystal Lake and um, a couple of the band members were playing uh, Super Smash Bros with, with Crystal Lake and we're getting their asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah and it was like cool and then we side stage watched fit for a king and august burns red and like it was just a pretty it's, it's like this is what i want to do like this is what i want to do there's been there's been two instances lately where i've where i've been standing and um one was i was sitting in our tour van on our last run and we were just talking to the the band was in the in the van with us chilling and we were listening to each other's new music and I was like, I was looking at the dude from uh, Revenant, uh, Ricky Gillis, and that is the band that we went out with. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be in a fucking Denny's parking lot at 2 a.m. having this conversation with this guy I just met about who's passionate about the exact same thing that I'm passionate about, which is making his band successful and touring. And and then also side stage watching Fit for a King you know, now that I know Ryan personally, it's like I'm like more invested into Fit for King. I was like, I love this band. Um, so like definitely like those two moments, I'm like, this is what I want to do. And if I have to scratch and claw and fight my way to making that happen, that's, that's what I'm doing. It's not like a popularity. It's like, I don't want to be popular or famous. I just want to do those two things, meeting new people who are passionate about what I am and what my band members are passionate about and just playing in front of a thousand people. <laughs> Cause that's that's it. Those are the two things. To see someone genuinely excited about what they're doing and passionate and just like how you said, clawing and fighting to get to where you want to be to, that is such a cool thing to see. I think that's what, I think that's something you have, it's a mindset you have to have. And honestly, there's been moments where I, you know, I've struggled with uh, anxiety and depression most of my life. And there's been moments where I was like, I can't do this. Like, it's overwhelming and scary and like, um, we actually have like a huge tour coming up this year that's that's being booked and 
Um, I can't really go into detail about it, but you know, it's, it's a month away from home and, um, like I'm super nervous, but that's like what I want to do. And, um, I think it's like having that mindset that you just want to make yourself something, you know, no matter what, even getting past those anxious feelings, um, to do what really makes you happy, you know, yeah. I don't want to work in a factory in the rest of life or I don't want to, I don't want to wake up at 5am to get to work and like just, you know, that, that made me miserable, you know? I definitely feel that, dude. I mean, I, I have to wake up at like 5am every day to get to work on time. That's, I feel for you, dude. I was doing that for a while. Right now, I'm, right now I'm not. Like, I've kind of, while we've been recording this, like, my job basically, like, closed the doors. Um, I'd been laid off for a while. Then they're like, well, we're closing the doors. So, I don't have a job, but I... I saved and I was smart, a little smarter with my money than I've been in the past. And it's allowed me to spend the time because if I was working every day, I'd, I'd have to go to work, you know, be there by six. Then I wouldn't get out till, you know, three o'clock and then I'd go to the studio and I wouldn't be able to stay because I'd have to go to, you know, I'd have to go to bed at a decent time where this is like perfect, man. It's like I can we, we sleep till like noon or one and then we like then we get up and we eat and we talk and we hang out and then it's like all right let's work on something so we work on something then we'll take there was a day we all took naps <laughs> we, we just, <laughs> we're, we're just like okay it's like five o'clock everyone's napping and then we woke up and we wrote until like three in the morning and one thing with that too like, i feel like if you're like doing a full-time job and then trying to hit the studio after it shows in performance because you're gonna be tired as hell so you're not going to be able like, and honestly, it makes you not want to do it. It makes you not want to do it. Cause you're just like, dude, I want to go home and I want to go home and like chill. I've been on my feet for like eight hours a day. You just, you won't get that good perform, like that best performance that you can get if you were well rested and didn't have any of that other crap on your mind. Right. And it just work sucks. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's your podcast name actually? <laughs> <laughs> You're in the grips of the podcast. I I remember your name. I just I'm bad with names. Locals only, bruh. Podcast. Locals only, bruh. Bruh. So how did Hollow Front get started? Since you're you're now the only OG member. Yeah. How, how did this actually get started then? Hollow Front got started by two members that aren't in the band anymore. Well, three members. Um, and I honestly was like I, my wife and I had split up in 2016 um early 2016 um and so i wasn't doing anything i wasn't doing music i was depressed and drinking a lot and not didn't give a fuck about anything but you know booze and um just soaking my sorrows and alcohol and partying and um don't do that um, don't do that kids don't do that children it's bad so I was just like bored. I was like, cause I have kids too. Um, I have two boys, so I, I got them every other week. So there'd be weeks, you know, I get them the week and then I'd be busy with them, you know, picking them up from school and doing all that kind of stuff. And then, um, then I would have a week off and it's like, okay, I come home. All I do is drink beer and then I go to bed. It's just like, I'm depressed. <laughs> it sucks. And I was like, I was like, I need a hobby. So I went on Facebook. I was like, I need a hobby. You know, because that's what most people do when they're when they're sad and depressed. They go into Facebook and be like, "I suck. I need a hobby," or you know, they you know they'll go out and they'll tell everybody their problems. Like, my life is shit. 
Um, so that was me at that time. And I was like, I need a fucking hobby. I'm losing my fucking mind. So the guitar player, the original guitar player, was like, we'll join a band. And at that point, I'd been in 11 bands with not much success. And being in a band was kind of more of a hassle, you know, at the time. Because I, I was in, a, I was actually married and was had kids full time, and like, so I wasn't doing music before we split up, and I wasn't doing music after, until this. So I was like, well, find me a band that's worth, <laughs> that's worth joining. And he's like, well, come hang out. And I was like, all right, what do I got to lose? Um, so I went and hung out, and the dudes were cool as fuck, and I actually went to high school with one of them, so that was kind of weird. Like, hadn't seen each other in years, and all, all of a sudden. He, he was playing bass in the he was playing bass in the band that I was joining. And then we found a second guitar player. And then we went and wrote our first we actually wrote our first uh, this is a funny story. We actually wrote our first single speaking in tongues in a tornado. Oh shit. There was a tornado going on like five miles from where we were at. <laughs> and like like it sucked because though and this is the fun part, so they, they they were like, well, we're getting Qdoba. And I was on my way, and I was like, fuck, I'm not going to make it, so I'll just grab it before I stop over. Well, there's this big storm coming. I didn't know it was a tornado. I get to Qdoba, and like, the person in front of me got their food, and I get up to the counter, and I'm like, all right, I want a chicken burrito. And he's like, well, hey, sorry, dude, we got to shut down because the tornado. And I'm like, fucking tornado? What do you mean? So he's like, yeah, there, there, he's like, there's, there's like, there's like a good chance there's a tornado going to touch down. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So... I went to the practice spot. They were eating their Qdoba, and I was starving. And I was like, this fucking sucks. So we started working on the song. And then, like, obviously, you could tell that the storm had passed. Like, it was light out. So I called Qdoba back up. And we wrote that whole song in, like, that two-hour period, um, at least the big parts of it. Um, and I called back Qdoba back. And I was like, are you guys open? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, come on in. So I go in there, and they're like, I, I recognize you from before. Like your meal's free, and I'm like, yes, it's the best. We wrote our first song, and I got a free burrito. So I, we don't have a what? What is it called? Kidova? Kidova? Yeah, Kidova. You guys know Kidova? We don't have that here in New Mexico. What the hell is that? It's like Chipotle or like. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like a burrito place that like you. It's like Subway for burritos, kind of. Okay, so exactly like Chipotle then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I feel like Kidoba was a I don't know, maybe it's just a regional thing over here. I don't know. I thought it was huge. I thought it yeah, was all no, over. Um, I've never heard or seen of it anywhere in New Mexico before. It's really good. I mean, it's basically Chipotle though. It's just it's, it's a burrito or a burrito bowl if you're feeling, you know, like not getting messy. But yeah, that's how that yeah, that's how the band started. And we wrote our first single, and then we recorded with Lee. And at that time, Lee was, like, very fresh. He was just starting to get into... I don't know, have you ever heard of a band called Sleep Waker? Not that I know of, you no. Haven't? Well, you should check them out, because they're homies, and they're on Stay Sick Records. And, oh, um, shit. Yeah, they're dope as fuck. Sleep Waker, check them out. Not Sleepwalker. They hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I call them that on stage every time we play together. There's um, like fuck you, dude. That's not our name. That's okay. We get called. We got called Hollow Point on on one show, and I'm like, no, we're not a. Sounds like a new metal band from the fucking early 2000s, like Il Nino or something. Oh, ha- dude, holy Point. shit! I haven't heard of that band in years. I actually used to be a huge fan of Il Nino. 
Yeah, they were. I mean, they were killing it. I mean, they're still around, I think. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I haven't. I haven't heard anything from them in quite some time. But there was. There's also a point where I thought Victory Records was like the best label ever and could do no wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all thought that. Yeah, they I was had, like, they have a day to remember. They had Taking Back Sunday, Silverstein, Amir, Doctor Acula. Holy shit! Like this record can do no wrong and. Slowly, like, bands start speaking out, like, yeah, no, th- this label completely screwed us over. Yeah, that's the thing about money. It makes people, you know, even the, some of the nicest people greedy, get yeah. greedy. They want they want to make the most money possible. Is there any labels that you've been looking at that you kind of think, hey, you know, Holofront would be a really good fit on this label. We should, you know, pursue this. Or are you guys looking to just stay as an independent DIY type of band. That's really up in the air right now. I think it, it all depends on this record. I think Ryan's plan is to try to put it out and show labels. Um, realistically, I would say sharp tone. Um, they're just like, they're picking up crazy bands right now. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not an industry expert you know so um but yeah sharp tone um actually if i could pick it'd be like fearless like that that wage war and you know i prevail and like all those you know bigger bands like that's you know that would be that would be the dream for me at this point um but i mean i'll take it it all depends on the deal man yeah of course and we were on like a really small a really small like local label um for the cycle of still life um but now we're independent again and uh, you know it's it's just it's whatever deal you can get because with a label and with a label like sharp tone or fearless like those are labels that people know yeah um having those names next to your you know on on your flyer or you know just like being associated with them helps you get better tours unfortunately so it, it, independent could be cool. We can make all the money, you know, we could, or we could give up a percentage of what, you know, of what we could have made to have the connections, you know, and the backing of a label. The best thing with the label that people always have to remember when they go into something like that is it's a symbiotic relationship. The label needs to benefit from the band and the band needs to benefit from the label. And unfortunately that doesn't always work out for some reason. But when it does, you get huge success on both sides and you guys can ride that wave for years and years. I think some bands, I think some bands get to that point where like, oh, we made it. Like we're, we're signed. Like, no, no, dude. Like you still have lots of like work to do. Like it's not just you, you're not just on a label and now you're going to be doing these amazing tours. Like I know bands that, that aren't signed and they're on like, like friends of ours in this band called a virtue in michigan they're on like uh, a word alive tour in europe like in april like oh that's like, sick dude good for them yeah dude so like you know and but they uh, well i'm dumb they just signed a sharp tone so that, <laughs> <laughs> sorry if they listen to this i totally forgot for one second but yeah now they're on sharp tone um but they were touring europe and stuff before they were signed i think that really helped them um I think that really helped that really helped them um shit man uh, how many like if you okay let me ask you a question i'm gonna interview you for a second Whew, i don't know let's, let's do this 
on, on average, what's what's your what's your viewership like? What do you guys? What do you? Are you just starting out or? Well, no. So I did this pretty much all of 2017. I took 2018 off to focus on my schooling and stuff. Um, but when I was looking at it, I had you know I had people in Australia listening because I had a friend from Australia on it talking about his band. Nice. Um, I had a lot of people from Chango. I don't know if you know the Chango forum on Facebook. I do not. I do not. Um, well, it, it's kind of like a melting pot of musicians and producers. I had a lot of those people listening. Um, it was it was kind of just like all over the states. I had some overseas listeners, but I haven't looked since I started. I, I'm dubbing it season two, but I haven't really looked after the first episode that I did with Jesse Major to see what the viewership has been. And I, I kind of it sounds weird, but I don't care really too much about it because you're just either way like someone in my hometown that supports me is gonna listen to them be like holy crap this tyler guy is really cool i will i'm gonna check out his band yeah yeah, that's awesome and maybe one of your friends be like wow this alby guy like he he's doing a good job i'll check out one of his other episodes right yeah that 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 actually goes right back to the mutual exactly like benefit of a label and an artist you know it's like same thing with me and you like you know Someone you know that's going to listen to it's going to never have heard of us before. And someone who, when I share it, you know, on my Facebook, people are going to be like, well, I've never heard of this guy before. Maybe I'll go check out his other stuff. Um, yeah, dude. And I, I mean, I know, I mean, I could hook you up with some, you know, hook you up with um, trying to get some like, you know, other dudes. I know. Yeah, some I mean, I'm it. always welcome to anyone who wants to come onto the show. Like, I reach out to some bands and, that's just because hey i I need to fill these time slots right also uh if anyone wants to come on they're more than welcome to shoot me a message and just be like hey can we be on your show can we schedule a date and the really the only requirement that i have is just have something released because i like to play a song at the end of the episode that way listeners who go through the whole episode like all right you know i'm curious boom there's a little snippet for them they get the best song or a song from the musician or band I really think you should check out Sleepwaker. I think that that you would dig them, and they're just downloaded them on Apple Music. So after we're done here, I'll listen to them. Yeah, um, their new album "Don't Look at the Moon" came out, and on Stay Sick Records and Stay Sick Recordings, something I don't know, one of the two, and Stay Sick. I think it's Stay and, Sick Records. Um, and so like, and they're just like, they're like the other, they're like the other side of, they're like more heavy, but they're still like groovy and like. And, you know interesting and we're like more like melodic mm-hmm. like i would say like we're the two we're the two bands that are really in our area trying to make it full time like there's other bands that are killing it for sure um on the local level but they don't aspire to tour full time and i think one, that one quote that i really love it's from joel wanasek i i got it from all of like the months and i think it was a couple of years i was doing now the mix no small time and that is one thing that holds a lot of local bands back they they're just not looking at the big picture type of thing and so just that is one thing i like from the sound of you is you guys aren't focusing on the small time you guys want to do the big time you are no small time type of band and i like that yeah on paper i mean hellfront looks like we're looks like we're doing like amazing and i mean we are um don't get me wrong but we're not playing like we haven't been on any huge tours and um, 
but like our monthly Spotify listeners has been like crazy the last couple months. Like um, it's up over 80,000 right now. It's just like, which is insane because you look at other local bands that, you know, they're playing even maybe more shows than you or, but they're not putting out like the con, like the, the quality of content, like videos and like really good recordings. Like, and it's like, that's the difference, man. It's like, you're, those people aren't thinking big time. Like that's why we're thinking, we're thinking big time. We're doing videos and I'm talking to you. Like I wouldn't do this if I didn't give a shit, you know? Like, yeah. um, and I think that's what like people have that mindset. It's just like, we're playing shows and we're playing the same band, the bar, same bar, like once a month or every other, like, I think we played like Grand Rapids like twice, three times last year. And it's just like, and we probably, the looks of it with that tour that we have coming up, like we might not play, we might only play one more time in Grand Rapids this year. And but that helps. It, it does. Like <clears throat> one thing that the way I view do like a local band doing local shows, don't overplay your market. If you're, you know, playing say for me for Albuquerque, if I was playing three shows a month, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll get the same three people coming, right. but no one knew is going to come because, or like a lot of repeaters because they'll be like, why am I going to go watch him this week? If I can go catch him next week, it's going to be the same exact set. Nothing's different. I think some bands fall in the trap of playing free show, free bar shows. I think that, I think that's play. That's what plagues Grand Rapids scene is that they're like, well, it's free. People are going to come. Um, but they're just playing the same place. Like, four times not and i wouldn't say they're playing there every weekend but four times within a four month five month span that's quite a bit well, that's over in your market right and they'll complain like we can't sell tickets we'll actually get to a show where there's some tickets well why would they buy tickets from you when they can come to the bar and watch you for free yeah you know? exactly or even if if every show they did they had to sell tickets for why am i going to see you at this show when i can see you next week at a better show like you're, I don't want to see you play the same set twice and do the same exact thing two weeks in a row. Exactly. Um, we try to stay away from selling tickets, but sometimes we get, sometimes we get wrangled into it. We, I mean, we really do for our own shows because we really want like people to come. You know, we want, you know, get on on the ground and be like, do you need a ticket? Do you need a ticket? Do you? Everyone, every, like Oprah standing up, everyone gets tickets. Like, <laughs> so I. You know, and I, I really push ticket sales, but at the same time, I, I fucking hate it. Dude, it, I feel that so hard. When I was in a band and we had to do uh, ticket sales, one thing I was so grateful for is when I was in that band, I was in, I was still in college and stuff, and I could go and I could sell these tickets on campus and be like, hey, I see, you know, you have a, a white chapel shirt on you might like my band we're playing over at so-and-so venue with so-and-so band and, and like oh how much ticket five bucks you got me sold and i was putting like the other five bucks or something yeah i for our album when we did ep release for still life we had like 300 people at the show and it was fucking packed and um but like i was doing ticket specials like call now and you get you could get two tickets for the price of one. <laughs> like, like I was like, I'm basically giving these bitches away. Put my own money. I probably put like a hundred dollars of my own money into giving ticket sales, you know, ticket deals. 
And the band's like, I was like, I made the band do one like ticket giveaway. And then I did like all the rest. I'm like, okay, here's $5 tickets, $8 tickets. All right. I have five tickets left, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And we we just sold as many tickets as we possibly could. um, And then help with the other bands. You know, but I hate selling tickets. It's like it's- to me, I'm like I'm not a salesman. I, I feel dirty trying to sell people things. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm I, I'm I'm I might you know I'm a little awkward sometimes. So it's like I don't want to like message these people to try to you know, and that's what you have to do. Like, there's times where I'm like, hey, I post on Facebook, I got tickets for the show. Hit me up. Fucking crickets. Like yeah. no nobody ever hits you up. So you have to physically go out of your way. Like, hey, hey, you know, you came to this show and that was like two years ago. You wanna come to this show? Like Yeah, well, I, we've improved, I promise. <laughs> yeah, we have different songs. <laughs> I promise uh, it's not the same set list as two years ago. Please well, come. Well, before Still Life, we only had Home Right Here, which is like a five song EP. That was set. And we played it literally from the from it was like playing the record all the way through front back and then we did that for ever until like we had new songs and then we didn't even play any new songs until the ep release and now we have a hard time picking songs because we have 11 to choose from and usually when you're playing at our level you're playing like 30 minute sets you know playing, yeah you know especially when you're on other you know other bands or if you got like six bands on a show or something like nobody wants you to play for 45 to 50 minutes and um so yeah we just um lost my train of thought shit <laughs> <laughs> see this this is where the awkward okay i remember i'm a little awkward so do you guys have any merch out that people can go and take a look at and if they like the designs they can pick up or any yeah. physical copies of your eps well the physical copies of still life that's kind of like the crappy part is that people have to go to the record label they're big we use big cartel so if you wanted to buy a physical copy of still life you'd have to go to beckwith records big cartel which is the label that we were on beckwith records um but uh for us we have uh, just hollowfrontmerch.bigcartel.com we have hoodies and we just sold out of our hats which sucks because now we gotta get new ones um shirts long sleeves we just actually did a, in which those are going out like next week, Monday, uh, a home record deluxe edition. So, um, and we did like a three day sale. It was a 72 hour sale of our first EP with like a couple of singles on it that weren't on other records, um, which were a song called Chameleon and our acoustic version of our Still Life song. We just threw it on a CD and we're like, who wants it? <laughs> And had like a long sleeve. We had like a long a home home record long sleeve, and that's the last printing that we'll ever do. Like, a hundred C's and sold them, and like, that's it. There were no more physical copies of that. Um, but I'm sure whatever label we get on it, or if we if we put it out independently, we'll have our new record up on our on our big cartel. Cool. Where can people check Hallfront out at? Um, you can check us out on. Facebook at Hollowfront ER. Um, and then Instagram is just at Hollowfront. Um, and uh, Twitter is at Hollowfront GR, which I don't know why they're not all the same. But uh, you can just basically, if you go to Google 
and you type in hollow front, that first thing pops up is us. Like that, that's also been like a really cool, like people like find us. Like if you go to Google, type hollow front, you'll find us. That's actually really good because I feel like with a lot of band names in the metal scene, you can Google it and you're going to get some totally unrelated to music on those search results. Yep. We have seven music videos on YouTube currently. So, um, go check those out. Some are better than the others, but you know, they're all pretty trying to keep a certain quality, even if we're just even doing like cheaper stuff, but just still good quality. So there's videos. Um, yeah. I mean, Bandcamp, if you're into that, but pretty much everywhere, Spotify, um, Spotify is like our biggest platform. Um, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon Music, all every, pretty much everywhere you can find our music. Everywhere and anywhere. Just don't torrent it because torrenting is bad. Yeah, we actually had a leak of, of our EP Still Life like a couple days after it came out. It was on like a torrent site and we found it. And it, it's like, whatever, I don't care. Like, not- Honestly, how, how, does, like, how would that feel? Like, wow, that kind of sucks. But also like, hey, someone, someone liked it enough that they put it up for as I a torrent. Was, I thought it was cool. And I was like, yeah, dude, I was like, sick. We've, we've made it. We leaked. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, like, it's like one of those weird things. Like, well, kind of sucks. You, you know, you're, you're, you're not supporting us so we can keep doing it, but you like we're us not, so much. You're giving it out for free. Yeah. We're not going to pull Metallica and like go after <laughs> people. Like give us our $8. <laughs> um, I don't, I, you know, and honestly, torrenting and stuff like that's for music at least is pretty much died out for the most part just because of streaming services like spotify it's just like why would i continuously add gigs to my you know all these music when i could just stream it off the internet you know yeah i'll I'll wait the two extra days so i can stream this yeah i think i think you should do that don't torrent because you should support bands and you should buy their merch I'm not saying that just buy like our stuff. You should do that for all your favorite bands. Like every band's every band is grinding. Even bands like Fit for a King and um, August Burns Red. Those dudes just grind like 24/7. Oh yeah, that I mean that that's how they got and maintained to where they're at is the nonstop grind. They are no small time. They are big time. Another thing is is like not partying too. Like yeah. most people party, and I'm like. I'm very like, I'm like the sober guy on tour. Like, for the most part, everyone is like, nobody really drinks or anything. Um, but I'm like hypersensitive. I'm like, I don't want to party. This is a job. Like, this is like, like how we're talking about earlier. Like, or okay, so it's been like an hour, sixty minutes. So probably like within the first twenty minutes, how we're saying <laughs> right. a band is like a business where yeah. you have to treat it as a respectable business. Yeah, and I'm not like a Nazi or nothing. That's gonna you know as. <laughs> Is that? I is hope that, you're not a Nazi. Is that not? Is that not PC to say anymore? You know, I mean, like a metaphorical Nazi, where I'm like, uh, like nobody can drink or have fun. It's like, you no, know, on our off day, on our last bigger tour, we were in like Myrtle Beach, and like we stayed at Myrtle Beach in this hotel on the beach, and it was like, it's like, yeah, let's have a couple of drinks, man. Like, yeah, let's that's chill. Fun. Yeah, let's chill out and you know walk around and see the shit. But actually, like during shows and stuff, I don't drink at all and honestly like this year i was like because drinking is you know it's and i know we're getting way off topic i'm this i do this a lot but drinking i mean if you go back and listen to any episode 
it's like 10% music, 10% tangents, so it's per- it fits in perfectly with the discography. Like, drinking is, for me, like, it has never helped my depression. It's probably only worsened it. Um, and I think a lot of people use it as a, and I know people personally that have used it as like a, as like a escape, you know? But for me, it was always, I made me a worse person, you know? And I, so like this year, I was like, I haven't drank anything, and I'm like, my my goal is to like not drinking for the whole year. And it's just like, I'm never going to not, you know, have a drink again, you know, in my life. But just knowing that I could stop for a year just because I want to, like it just, you know, a lot yeah, of people. No, are, that's, a, that's a good thing to do too. I mean, let, let your body detox a bit you know. back to normal functionalities and stuff like that. There's close friends I know that can't go a day without a drink. And, you know, and it's like, they're always at the bar down the street, you know, and like, they're always, they're always, they, they come home from work and they have a beer in their hand. And it's like, when I was doing that, I was literally miserable. Like, and so I just was like, I don't, and plus we, we have hangovers and I get, the older you get, the worse the hangovers get. And it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm too much of a bitch for this. <laughs> I was like, when I have to puke, I've become the biggest baby. And so I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I feel like that's all guys though. Like once we get like a little cold, it's just instant baby mode activates for some reason. It just does. One day at the studio last week, I, I don't know. I woke up and I was fine. And then all of a sudden I felt weird. Like my, my body was tingly and I was like, I feel nauseous. I'm like, I don't, I was like, I'm going to fucking throw up. I was like, this sucks. And I laid down and like took maybe like an hour nap and woke up and I was like, Oh fuck, I'm better. It was like but like for those like for that like thirty minutes before I fell asleep, I was like, Oh why? <laughs> why is this happening to me right now? And our I'm drummer died. our drummer's like our drummer's just making fun of me the whole time and he's like, Oh, you're old, man. You're <laughs> he's nineteen, he's a little bitch. And he's just like, Yeah, ho ho ho, you're whining us and then, then later at night he pulls a muscle or pinches a nerve in his neck during a drum take and he's like complains about it for three days so i'm like he's like oh my neck i'm like oh you're talking shit now (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great well let's get since it's getting a little lengthy now let's wrap it back down so we already said where they can find you guys on social media yeah. where they can find your actual music, where they can find your merch. Yep. Um, I'll put some of these links in the description. That way, if people just want a quick little kaputs, they can click on it and they'll be good. Definitely. Um, is there anything else that you want to plug before we wrap this up? I think I've pretty much covered everything hollow front. Um, yeah, I think that it's, you put me on the spot so I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> Check out sleep. Check out Sleepwigger. They're they're awesome dudes. They're some good friends. Uh, I've talked about them a lot in here. Um, I mean, and just you know, go support some bands in your area. Like, you know, it, you should. Everyone needs to be a part of keeping the scene alive. If you're into this kind of music, if you, I mean, if you hate going to shows, like, don't go. That's cool. But if you enjoy them, you should be going out more. That's my that's my final wise message. <laughs> all right well we will leave it at that yes. thank you for being on dude i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on because i know it's already like 11 o'clock for you yeah this is like this is like afternoon for me though because of my sleep schedule i'm just <laughs> i'm a night owl so i hey man i really appreciate you contacting me and i can't wait to hear how terrible my voice sounds on this and 
hey, let's let's do it again sometime, man. Yeah, man. Uh, whenever you guys release the new uh, music, hit me back up, and you're more than welcome to come back on. We could get more members of the band on here. Hell yeah, they'd love to do that. Once we can coordinate a little better, we get some more mics or something. Yeah, so just, like I said, whenever, just let me know. You, you will have an episode ready for you. All right, man, I appreciate you. Take it easy. Later, buddy.